everybody, it's Alicia here with Leah on another mini-sode of The Investigation Game. Before we get started today, I wanted to let you all know that we have officially reached over 2,000 downloads. Woohoo! So exciting! I'm super excited about it because I basically look at it every single day. I told my family the other day that if things just kind of feel slow at the office, I log into the podcast hosting and just look at the data on it, and mm. it just reminds me that like all is not in vain. <laughs> <laughs> like, move on with my day. Like, it's all worth it. Yeah. Everything's, like, justified yeah. now. I'm like, oh, people do want to hear what we have to say. <laughs> it's like we're making a little difference. It's a little. 2,200 downloads. And we're so that's, close. That's actually what it was. Oh, yeah? Today. Yeah. 2,200. And we are so close to reaching all 50 states. Oh, I know! One of these days, we're going to let you guys know which states we're not listened to in and yeah. just ask that you guys tell people in those states because I really want to fill out that map. I know. It'd be so <laughs> awesome. Then we'll have another goal because we can't stop there. Oh, yeah. We'll have to start we gotta with go the world. International, baby. <laughs> Anyway, okay. we're getting there. Yeah, so another part, because we have these 2,000 downloads and we have a lot of people listening and we know you're listening, we really want to hear from you guys. If you guys have any topics you want brought up in the mini-series or any suggestions you have about anything going on in current news, please email us at podcast at workmanforensics.com. Like, I really want to hear what you guys have to say, even if you guys have little comments or just really want to say how we're doing. I love positive reinforcement. <laughs> I still want people to take my challenge to see if they can like find a way oh, yeah. to hide money where I wouldn't find it. Like yeah. I still really would love a challenge. So oh. somebody should try that. So if anyone's like, honestly, we're taking any of these because I really want to know. We also have all of our social media. I think our Twitter handle is WForensics. Mm -hmm. Our Instagram is Workman Forensics. We have a LinkedIn. Any of those you guys want to go on and just kind of comment, get engaged, we're going to start using our social media more to engage other people as well so now that that plug is done yeah. <laughs> are you so, ready to yeah, answer some questions i am ready to start so we're gonna start the timer right now it's okay. going so my first question is what does it take to be an expert witness someone thinking you're an expert <laughs> oh okay great next there question <laughs> no but like what does it take? Like, what are the requirements? How do you, how does somebody know if you are an expert? So really it's, it's kind of up to the attorney that's mm -hmm. looking for an expert. They know what story they want to communicate to the court. Right. And so then they may think that there are some pieces that would be best explained by an expert to help build their case. And so they're going to look for people with certain expertise. I'm most often asked to weigh in as an expert witness as to like fraud cases what was the loss? Whenever I'm on the defense side, looking at what is the government's loss versus what we've calculated as loss. I've been asked to weigh in on damages. How much has somebody been harmed? You know, because of the other side's negligence or actions or, or in like data tracing, tracing different assets, stuff like that. Because of my experience, I'm an expert in those things I just said. Mm -hmm. And so someone else might be, maybe there's an abuse case, you know, maybe child abuse case, and they're going to bring in a psychologist that works with children who have been abused to kind of explain some of the emotional things or long-term damage of this or that. That's what determines that expert. And so if an attorney feels like your experience is credible and would help further the position of their case, mm -hmm. then you'd probably be hired as an expert. Hmm. So you don't need any certificate, any like signature saying like she is an expert. Oh no, no. 
I mean, obviously, if you have credentials to support Mm -hmm. whatever your expertise is, like I'm a certified fraud examiner, I'm a private investigator, I have several degrees, those types of things, that's going to just help present Mm -hmm. that to the court. So it's your education, your experience, and then what you're going to be testifying to, what you're going to get an opinion on based on your experience. Mm -hmm. I see. Okay. Tying into this question with your interview with Justin, he mentioned that there are lines he will not cross in his line of work. Like people will ask him to kind of misuse or what is it? Yeah, OSINT. Just OSINT. different yeah. public databases and stuff. Yeah. So, and he says that there's lines he won't cross. As an expert witness, are there things that you just refuse to do that a client might ask you for? Yeah, I think the most common thing, because I'm a certified fraud examiner, is they'll say, well, can you testify that this was fraud? I can't. Fraud mm-hmm. is a legal conclusion. And so only a judge or jury can determine guilt, innocence, Mm -hmm. but I'm there to help connect the dots, show what happened. There's different schemes that can be talked about and different theories, things like that, that will point the story in the direction of their fraud, fraud, but I can't actually sit up on the stand and say that. Mm -hmm. Also, as a certified fraud examiner, it's part of our code of ethics that we cannot opine as to someone's uh, guilt or innocence of fraud. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that, and everything I'm about to tell you, like, People have asked me to do this. So yeah, like this isn't just made up. But asking me to give an opinion or come up with a certain result that they want. And then they'll kind of take it a step further and they'll say, okay, if we can get this result, then can I also pay you on the success of our case? And so the first thing is one, I don't trust anybody's work, but the analysts and the team and myself at Workman Forensics. Mm -hmm. I just don't. I'm always going to check everybody's work before I testify to anything. Every time I've ever been asked that, it just turns into an actual case because I'm not going to testify to something I didn't work on. Third, or kind of part of that, is the whole contingency thing. How can I maintain that I'm an independent expert witness and not bought off or a hired gun if the results that I'm quote-unquote calculating are also being driven by the fact that if we're successful, I get a percentage of something. Mm -hmm. So we don't work on contingency fees. Another thing is that attorneys will say that they want to write my report and then just have me sign it. And I don't do that either because Mm -hmm. there are just specific ways that things need to be worded so that I can communicate clearly. And if I really am the expert, I think that the best expert is somebody who can communicate clearly. And so I don't need an attorney to muddy my words and not out of any bad intent towards me, you know, Mm -hmm. but I know what the analysis is. I know what the results are. I know how I got there and I know how to present them in a way that's going to be effective. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing that we do. Yeah, I think those are probably the most common. I just find it so weird that people would jeopardize their position as an expert in a court for somebody else. That just sounds so weird to me. Yeah, that's an interesting observation. I don't know how often it's discovered or how often like people track those things down to mm-hmm. see if somebody's been compromised or not. But I just know that I do not want to sit on the stand and lie. Yeah. Oh. Like, I just can't even think of no. anything more I would cry. detestable. Is that a word? Detestable. Anyway. So, uh, one last question. Can we see how we're doing on time? Yeah. Oh, good. Nice. Okay. At one point in your interview with Justin, he talked about going down this really deep rabbit hole to find this woman and he used Twitter, Facebook, and like images he saw online that she posted. It just like, it sounded so chaotic, like this giant web. And it kind of got me to wonder, is this kind of similar to Data Sleuth? And can you also kind of just re-explain Data Sleuth? Because yeah. When I heard him talking about it, it kind of made me think of what how you explained it last time, but I wasn't too sure. First of all, Data Sleuth is something that I made up. 
Yeah. <laughs> like it's in the process of being trademarked as something done by Workman Forensics. Because I wanted to kind of show that the way that Workman Forensics works cases, forensic accounting, connecting the dots, is different. Mm-hmm. So traditionally... Someone goes and interviews the subject, and then they ask for paper, lots of paper, and dig through (laughs) documents, and then connect these pieces. And so eventually, you've connected this whole thing, right? This whole case together. But it's a very manual process. And then maybe you input some of that information into a spreadsheet and draw a picture and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So the premise is the same. Like, we're following similar steps at Workman Forensics, but we're doing this with data. Mm -hmm. So instead of sampling something, we can look at all of it because we're collecting all of this data and running it through the investigative process, which we've also designed a process to make this super efficient for our clients and so that we can get them very accurate results every time. In doing this, I thought, no, we're not forensic accountants who are going and like digging through paper or digging through journal entries. Like we're kind of different. We're Mm -hmm. using some accounting stuff. We're using some bank stuff. We're using some research, like what Justin and his team would use. Like we're using some of these things and we're connecting dots, but we're doing it all with data and with building macros. And now we've got people on our team who can use Python to create Mm -hmm. cool stuff. So really we're sleuths, investigators, who use data to solve problems. Mm. So that's where this data sleuth concept came from. So I would say that Justin is a data sleuth. He's taking different kinds of data. He's taking public source data and he is connecting dots with these public information to connect the dots and solve a case. I would say that that is similar. We've just used data sleuth to describe a type of forensic accounting or fraud investigation Mm -hmm. or the process that you go through to, to do those things. Does that make sense? Yes. It's kind of a lot of information, but I I think I get it. It's just basically using multiple resources and connecting it with data to come up with the end result, which is, I remember a Venn diagram that shows what should have happened and what did happen. Yeah. And there's the money. Yeah. So I got it down. You got it. I know data sleuth now. That's right. right. (laughs) Which is also kind of exciting because of the new seminar. That's right. It's going on. So now now we're offering the Be a Data Sleuth seminar. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's an eight-hour CPE day broken up into four two-hour segments. The first segment is turning case drama into a case plan with data in mind the entire time. Then we're going to look at the power of patterns. So how are we going to solve our clients' problems using data, which is going to make us super efficient and find more. Then we're going to move into that concept of money laundering, tracing assets. How do we find assets that are connected to bad money? And that segment is taught by a retired IRS criminal agent who's an anti-money laundering specialist. Super fun. And then we're going to wrap up the whole day with the investigation game case at the man cave. So we're going to knock out two hours of ethics and then also just be able to take everything that we've learned all day and apply it to a real case with the people at your table, you know, who are your team. What I really, yep. The Investigation Game is brought to you by Workman Forensics. For more information on the business and its services, visit workmanforensics.com. Find us on social media on any social media platform at Workman Forensics. For more information on the Be A Data Sleuth seminar, visit BeADataSleuth.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or topic ideas, please email us at podcast at Thanks for listening.